Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. All right, folks, welcome back to Vision Day. Our next speaker is a good friend of mine and one of the most connected, generous, and talented guys I know. His name is Todd Abrams. Todd is an intense, results-oriented individual. He's a family man. He's got a 20-year proven track record in management, sales, marketing, business development, strategic alliances, I said he's very connected he's been very helpful to me just introductions and that and uh, he has grown sorry before i share that he's got experience in health and wellness food production manufacturing fundraising operations technology he's got a lot of knowledge and todd you probably know him because of his massive food prep company icon meals and he's taken it to new heights through success in team leadership operational management and performance improvement and uh, Todd has a reputation as a hands-on entrepreneur with very strong problem-solving and collaborative skills and has learned how to initiate changes and implement solid processes in challenging environments. From what he's told me, I have no interest in being in the food prep business. <laughs> this, this past summer, Todd and I got to hang out quite a bit together. We went to Elevation Church together. We enjoyed some dinners. We enjoyed some training sessions. And uh, even though he had a 50 minute drive to the gym, he'd still beat me there when I had a four minute drive <laughs> and we had a great time hanging out together. Todd's got a real desire to uh, help his team succeed and he's got resilient work ethic and just passion for mentoring talent and building teams. And he's a guy who's constantly evolving. He's got the classic value driven entrepreneurial spirit, has an excellent ability to cast vision. And that is why I am very enthusiastic to have him on the call and help you do the same. Welcome to Vision Day, Mr. Todd Abrams. Awesome. Thanks, Vince, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on and <clears throat> got a lot of value from Fasting MD, just learning a few things that I hopped on at the end there because I'm a big proponent of utilizing fasting as well. And it's, it ties right into what we do. Glad to be on. Glad to talk to your group today. I look forward to it. Let's dive in, Todd. So maybe just talk a bit about some of your core values. I always just like to get to know you from the lens of who you are, what drives you, what have been some of the, uh, some of the values that have served you that, that are core to who you are and what's driving the vision forward. Sure. So I guess I've tied in my, I'll call my core values. So I have what I call my pillars, right? And for me, everything in my whole life, my business, personal life is built on four things. It's my faith, my family, my fitness, and my finances, so my four pillars. From that, then we turn, I'll call it my core values and really built what I call for my businesses. We have in Icon, we call it the relentless pursuit of greatness. And it's the tenets. So tenets is probably a bad word, especially after Liver King right now, but all the different ancestral stuff. But we have what we call the tenets of the Icon Order Guide. And they're the things that me and my family have built out, but also then utilize them in the various businesses that I have. And that will tie into the end into vision, but it really goes through there's there sort of nine of them. It's gratitude, service, ownership, consistency, enthusiasm, achievement, education, and connection. And I'm not going to go through each one of those. I'm happy to put it out, but really based on looking at how we do anything in our organization from those values, everything's driven from those values. And everyone, I guess we'll tell you in the end, but it has to be enrolled in that. It's part of our vision. So like in the warehouse, right? We have flag, I'll call it, right? Everyone as they're onboarded goes through these core values, really understanding because words are just words unless it has meaning put behind it. And then what does that mean for us? Like we, one of those core values so the gratitude service, everything starts from our for service angle, right? And it's, we lead a, what I call a, a client centric approach. So again, having all these things, you got to serve the client with gratitude, right? Serve with this ownership consistency. So they all tie into all the different premises, but those are the sort of the tenets that we have built our core values off for Icon and, and for my family as well. Which one's the hardest one to, for yourself uh, and then for the team to, to. So I think for the team, a lot of it, the time is probably the ownership aspect. It's because a lot of people, again, when you have the business that we have, and we have over a hundred people here, right? You have people that 
it's hard and we talked about this in rolling in the vision and stuff because a lot of those people are in the kitchen side so it's not necessarily a c-level huge amount of business even though i have over 100 people let's say 70 of those people are probably in the kitchen side right so it's really getting them the ownership the accountability the responsibility but when you lay the foundation and you onboarded them and you've enrolled them in the vision and you what i try to do in my business is not really micromanage so it's probably a good thing bad thing but we want to empower we want to enable those people because you're never going to grow business to a higher level if you can't have that ownership angle inside everything. And I tie that back really to in the different departments, I'll call it, like you've ever read John Maxwell, he talks about the law of the lid. And you have these people, including myself, that hit this lid. And until that lid is raised, you can never go to the next level. So I think for a lot of the people, it's the ownership side, probably for me, I don't know, it's probably the achievement aspect, right? Achieving because I'm never satisfied. I'm never content. So when you say achievement, I, I say to people, hey, you got to celebrate the short wins. And I'm probably my worst enemy there because I have to celebrate a little time, but then move on. And that's where I never feel like I've achieved that piece that I'm satisfied with. So even though I'm grateful and I'm happy where I am, it's only going to last for a second because I want to step it up to the next level. And I think, so for me personally, that's the thing that I have to work on, but it's also a thing that I never want to have fully resolved to, to hey, I've achieved this pinnacle. Cause to me, there's no pinnacle. It's just, it's the next level. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about, there's two things I want to talk about. Um, you and I know each other, so it's going to be a little more conversational here. So how do you manage the drive, which makes you who you are, which is your gift, being an achiever, right? People, like, they are blessed because of this gift that you have of being an achiever, being able to push hard. How do you manage it, keep it in checks to the point where now you're not having relational fallout elsewhere because it's so, you get the gas down? Yeah, I think it goes back to really, for a long time, you know me, but like, again, I've got three kids, right? I got 22, 18, and then ready just turned seven. Okay. So God said, Hey, you're not done yet. Hang on. So he keeps me in check and stuff, but it's really looking at. So I tell you that because before when I started my businesses and I've never worked for anyone else. So I don't really know what it's like. I don't even know if I'm an employable person, right? Like from that standpoint, I've had three sort of startups and knock on wood successful in pretty much all to date. But from that standpoint, like when I started the businesses way back when I was young in my twenties, it was all about, Hey, materialistic things, right? Like achievement. I have to have this car. I have to have this house, this watch. It's blah, 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 blah. And it's, you have to evolve and grow, but it's also working on you personally, because if like I, I tell people, and you know me, like I wake up at 3.15, 3.30 in the morning, no alarm clock. If I set it for four, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm still going to wake up. Right. But then I have my rituals or call it my habits that really lead me. And people say, Hey, is this selfish? You're training, you're doing this. Well, no, it's to me, I have to do what I need to do. So mine's my, my prayer time, my reading, my scripture, my, my journaling. Then I'm in the gym, okay, by say 4, 4.30. But then I'm prepared to then be able to provide value to other people, to give back, to be all I can be to my staff, to my wife, to my kids, right? Because if I'm not mentally there and I'm not, I'll call that my therapy session, right? If I haven't done that, I can't then be the best version of me for anyone else. So I think those are the different things where you can achieve, but you can't get it out of, and I don't believe in balance because there's no balance. It's really prioritizing what's important to you and then focusing on those priorities and everything else has, I'll call it a priority schedule or whatever, right? And it's a different value between one to whatever, five. And then looking at how much time you spend on each of those, it's just fine tuning a car. If you have an expensive car or whatever, you got to keep fine tuning it, right? Doing different yeah. things if you want to get the best performance out of it. And it's doing that for you as well. If I'm like, it's funny because if I haven't worked out and I don't want to say two days, my wife get to the dang gym because it's, that's my check to get me back into alignment. Yeah. And I think when you become alignment and you're, for me, it has to be like, my faith is one of my biggest things, right? I have to be in check with that because if I'm not in alignment there, then everything else is off kilter, right? So for me, that's my balancing point. I think that's part where a lot of people have to really dig in and look because they're going to be off scale on one of the different things that's in alignment in their life or whatever they're going after to achieve. That's great. And now I wanted to jump to what you said, enrolling people into the vision who are in the kitchen. How do you do that? How does that sound in a way that benefits them? Because when you're trying to get people to buy in, it's not because we need to make more revenue. What I care about yeah. that. I get the same amount every two weeks. How do you enroll them into a vision? Yeah, I think it's been challenging. One of the biggest things when I started this business was different because there's a huge language barrier, right? Probably 70% of the people here speak a different language, right? So it's either Spanish, Portuguese, whatever it is, right? But from that standpoint, so you, you have to have the vision. So first off, what is the problem we're solving or what is the thing that Icon does, right? And again, yeah, we could make a lot more money doing a lot of different things, right? So you have to tie it back to those core values, but it's also then have to be an understanding. Like it's where 
we're looking at, we decided long ago when we started this company that I would never feed anyone anything that I wouldn't eat myself or my kids wouldn't eat. So that goes into, and why we started the business was partially because there were so many different preservatives and all this other stuff in different food. So are we mm. going to be the cheapest? No, but there's a standard that we set that example, we're probably one of only a couple companies in the US that has what we call a raw room. And a raw room is, so we're under USDA inspection. We have an inspector that lives with us, has for a bit, four years. So eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, they're on site here. The raw room though brings in our own proteins and we trim hand do everything here right so it's not we're using pre-cut frozen fillets this and that and that's a thing that like i can make a lot more money right but it's a way that you carry the business so it goes back to integrity it goes back to having every single person whatever their role is in this company ties into being able to then feel a part of the bigger vision that vision for us is really to help people find and follow healthy nutrition right and that's one of the biggest things like i, I call it even if you bought our worst macro meal right it's a better bad choice than what's out there sure. today and then the other solution for us when I looked at starting this business, it was that element of convenience, right? So many people live a busy life. All your people on this call probably live extremely busy lives, right? They're doing different things. How do we get this healthy, better food choice to them delivered in a convenient fashion? So again, you have to enroll the different people as being part of that, right? So if let's say, for instance, one of my people that was on the line didn't do something properly as far as the ingredients that would offset everything else so you have to enroll them to be part of a bigger picture and show them where we are in standards uh, it's not necessarily a comparison thing but it's a standard that we've set and that they're enrolled to and that when they and you see it because they're happy there's this element of it's crazy we just brought in a new production manager and from that standpoint, just the amount of I'll call it happiness and different things and true joy that you see them now that they've got consistent targets and stuff to meet, it's mind blowing what that difference is. So they have to be enrolled as part of the end game, not just their little piece of, hey, I'm a plater or whatever it is, or I wash dishes. That's great. Maybe can you share the timeline of the growth of Icon Meals, like how it started? Because there's so many food prep companies out there. It's crazy. I must have used like maybe six back in the day. And I think they're all out of business. So what was the growth? Like, how did you do it? What was, what did you see? Like, we have to do this differently. We have to do this better before entering into this competitive state space. So I think there's one of two things, right? There's one where you're either, you got to stay small and local, or you have to be big and national, right? And if you're in between, you're going to get run over because there's just so many different things. You got four major costs in this business. You got your food costs, which you need to manage. You got, of course, labor. So as you scale the business at labor, you got shipping and then you got packaging, right? And you really have to control those. So when you're looking at what I call a stoplight, right? The green, yellow, red, what can you make on those adjustments on that yellow and red to, to bring it down? But so we started the business in 2014, started it with roughly, I don't know, five, 6,000 square foot catering kitchen, bought that a few months later, grew that to a 12,000 square foot facility. And then fast forward from 2014, grew, I don't know, 40, 50 employees to 2019, we moved into the current facility. So this facility is roughly 33,000 square feet. Capacity of this kitchen right now is about 250,000 meals a week out of here. Our goal is to build this facility to be able to incorporate, it's a weird number, but it's 544,000 meals, but let's just say half a million meals a week out of this facility. And that's the path that we're pushing on now. But so from that, where we went from zero employees to 40, 50 up, like I said, currently today, we're roughly just over hundred employees. But again, a lot of different things, right? A lot of lessons. Right. You mentioned here, I don't know if I'd want to be in the food industry. If I knew <laughs> now what I knew seven years ago, I wouldn't be in the food, perishable food space either. It's a whole lot of craziness. It's just- We've got a buyer here in the audience. And got any buyers here? Todd, Todd's taking offers here. Non-perishable space is good. But when you're playing around with perishable food, there's a lot of things that you don't control, right? So I control everything to when I hand it off to FedEx, UPS, or whoever. So if we ship a thousand and two thousand boxes a night, to me, it's like going to, I don't know, Las Vegas and putting it on red or black. It's because I control everything until I spin that wheel, right? And then it's a whole nother game, whether it gets there, et cetera. Lots of different pieces, but yeah, the scale has been fun. It's been a learning lesson from a legal standpoint, from a compliance regulation. I'll tell you a quick story. We had no clue. I had no clue that there was any regulation. You couldn't ship food here or do this. And there was FDA and USDA. So I don't know if you guys remember, probably date myself, but Saturday Night Live, you remember Pat? You don't know if she's like a guy or a girl or whatever. The first inspector that ever came in, walked in and had this camouflage hat on, like some bright white Walmart shoes. Nothing wrong with that, but just painting the picture, right? Has this big, huge Bowie knife, like 10 inch Bowie knife on the side of his leg. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. And found it later, it's a woman, but she's crawling around on her belly underneath our like coolers and stuff with flashlights and couldn't find anything, but we got red tagged for something because she had to. So it's just, it's been an interesting transition. Huh. Like right now, USDA uses our facility as a training center. There were their training center for the Southwest. We got absolutely an incredible relationship with them. We just went through our biggest audit and no one's supposed to get hundred percent knock on wood. We just passed with hundred percent, which is not something they normally do. Again, speaks volume of what we put into it, but it ties back to 
our core values, right? Doing things the proper way, not, I'll call it shortchanging, not doing different things like the fasting MD spoke about doing things that you can make a lot more money or that were questionable, right? There's a lot of different times that's come up in our business. And it's just something that we're not going to do. So right. um, that, that's great. And uh, maybe talk about, uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. We're going in some different directions here because I want to hear how you grew the company. Like I know <clears throat> influencer marketing, that's something I know a lot of people are interested in. L love to chat on that, but also relationships. Dude, yeah. you are, you're a connector. When we started hanging out, I told you we're moving to Franklin and you're like, oh, let me introduce you to who runs a manufacturing company and I'm going to connect you guys right now. And so talk about just the value of, we, we say this all the time, but can't be said enough, like how much has relationships played in a role of growing icon? Yeah. So relationships is everything to me. It's like the one thing that I valued. I don't know if you guys all know a gentleman by the name of Dan Fleischman. Dan Fleischman's been one of my great friends, mentor. He's an investor with me, but I've just learned so much. He is the goat when it comes to connections, right? It's the goat when relationships. But again, if you're not following him on social media stuff, you need to learn and who Dan Fleischman is. I'm in a couple other masterminds with him. But from that standpoint, many years ago, I had... I'll call when people make the resolutions or their goals for the next year. One of my goals many years back was to make sure that I'm connecting myself, putting myself outside my comfort zone and connecting with three people that are of higher influence, higher wealth, more experience than me on a weekly basis. So at the end of the month, I should have 12 new people or 12 new connections. And it's the old saying goes like, Hey, your network is your net worth. And that's hundred percent true. I think it, it, some of the relationships that I have and I've built, I would have money could not have bought, right? Like some of the biggest people that have been in biggest rooms and stuff, and it's not name dropping. It's, and when going into relationships for me, it's what value can I provide? What can I do to enhance your life? Doesn't matter if you're worth $2 billion or whatever, right? What can I be of service or do to you to serve you to make your life better? And that's always when I try to enter a room, when I try to do anything, I talk with people. It's what value can I bring? Never expecting to get anything back. I see so many people today like, oh, I know this person or that person. It's funny because it's name drop, name drop. But then it's always, what's the ask? And that's the first key thing that you need to build anything. It's not an ask. Don't expect. It could... It's true karma. If, and like, again, go back to faith. If you put in right down the road, okay, down the road, yours will come. And at some time, there will be an ask or it will be. So the network that you build is key. And I focus on that. I challenge yourself. If you're uncomfortable talking with people with growing, you have to put yourself in those rooms, right? You have to put yourself in the masterminds, in the networks, even the small groups, just different connections. And the other thing, I always try to, like Vince said, refer people to different people. That's yeah. where I've been able to build a referral network that it's helped me greatly, my business and my, my just personal life. But from Icon Meals, we don't have any salespeople. I have zero salespeople. We've grown the business through word of mouth, through affiliates, through partnerships, and then going back to my network, my relationships, right? Like many of the partnerships that we have today don't come from, hey, money. People think, oh, I must be paying this influencer this amount of money. I can tell you right now, show you, like we pay zero salary to any influencer that works with us. And most of the affiliates, I'll call them family members that work with us, have been with us for six or seven years. And many of the relationships that we have, they're not these big sponsorship deals, right? They're relationship-based and that's key. Mm -hmm. That's the currency that I think you guys need to look at to really grow your business, whether you're a one, two person consulting coach or this huge company. And speak to what shows up here. I get a pushback on behalf of the students is they feel that if I'm going to somebody, I'm going there to take, it feels transactional. And I have my answer, I don't overcome that objection, but I look for you to speak. I'm going, why would they want to collaborate with me? What's in it for them? So just shift yeah. that mindset. So here's the thing, like you can't just all of a sudden meet someone, hey, you want to collab, right? It's not like that, okay? It's what value, okay? And as I heard Fasting MD talk about just what she does, she's posting, posting, right? And it's not necessarily, it's, are you educating? Are you entertaining? Are you adding value to people's lives? Free content, free content. What can I do? Like always guys, I still follow up with so many people after a first meeting or whatever, with a handwritten card, like right icon, we handwrite cards, different people all take times. If you look at like first form, I'm good friends with Sal and those guys from first form. They take turns writing and thousands of handwritten cards for every single order that goes out. And there's follow-up. You guys have to have the relationship building and then it's key in the follow-up. It's not just relationship. And then down the road, transactional has to be follow-up. I always in the morning, I start my day every single day with three to probably six, sometimes even more because I get off pace. Texting, hey, I'm just different people in my network for them. I appreciate them. Can I do anything for you today? And also I'll send like gifts. It doesn't have to be elaborate, exorbitant gifts. 
but I send different things. I'll go into a room and I'll network or I'll meet with someone. And let's say they're not in the room yet, right? I'm going to look around and see how do I connect? What do I know that, hey, Vince likes, right? I saw his cowboy hat, maybe his favorite football team, whatever. And down the road, just bookmark that, right? Put that in your safe, make a deposit because you can, again, connect in different ways down the road, right? I want to learn about their family. I want to learn different things. I've done things before. Hey, I don't know, maybe I meet Vince, but then I get to know Vince just a little bit about his wife and stuff. Might send something that relates to her or something to him down the road. Just different ways to connect, build value. Again, just bank deposits, bank deposits, not ever making it transactional. You got to get the transactional element out of your mind. Just make deposits. And how I look at it is if you look at one big account, right? Say you have millions of dollars and you're going to put $5 million in one account. You probably slow down a little bit because you think you got all this money in this account, right? I say, break that account up as even your network into five, 10, 15 little tiny accounts, hey, on different, I'll call it approaches to business, to personal, et cetera, and make deposits with all these different interactions there because you want to keep challenging yourself and growing that. And again, it will pay dues back to you. That's really good. That's really good. Who here has a question on, on connecting? I think I always tell people just to start to recognize their work. And it's really simple stuff. As you said, you just provide value with actions and that's, holy cow, that's super valuable. What else could people do? I think on a really small level, like I, I like to sh- listen to people's podcasts and then I like to just shout them out. And then people say, well, that takes time. I'm like, yeah, building your relationships takes time. There's not like, you can't shortcut it. And I think there's just... Maybe let them know how maybe some of these relationships eventually do have a payoff down the road when you get into business with somebody or you do get an introduction. I think they just there's not um, confidence that there's a payoff, but even if there wasn't a payoff, it's just the right thing to do. So just one more rift on this, because I see a lot of people, they cheapen their entrepreneurial experience by trying to go at it alone. And they don't realize that with a group of peers, they'll be much more successful. And the way I teach this is to find common ground. Like what it, What do we talk about today, Todd? Is that you're going to go inspire these guys to think bigger, right? We're connecting on something we both have in common. If you said, hey, Vince, I need you in Texas to speak to a group of young dads who are really struggling to balance family and business. I'd be like, okay, where, when? Because I'm passionate about that. I don't ask, oh, what's the speaking fee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's key. It's again, how... We built it. It can't be like, I saw someone put here, take all the transactional elements. It's hundred percent, but it is that common ground, right? It's really connecting on common ground. If you're two totally drastic, differently people, and you only see it as one way, you have, that's why I said you have to learn more about them. So if someone has a book, let's say, I'll give you an example of Bedros. I didn't know Bedros before. And I know Bedros is a common friend of ours and stuff. Didn't know Bedros anything before. And again, wanted to get in his mastermind. I had our own mastermind for Icon. We used to do a thing we called the LT pack, LT, sorry, with our Icon block party. Sorry, LT pack's a different company from that standpoint. And we'd bring everyone in. So we'd bring 40, 50 high influencers in our team members. We'd bring their family in for the weekend or for four days. And we'd do a mastermind for two days. And then we do a bunch of other stuff. So the first time I wanted Bedros and Bedros like, whatever, speaking fees, 50, hundred grand, but that was just when he had his man up book coming in. Right. So what did I do? Uh-huh. Not think about, not think about the dollar man. I went ahead and I bought 1500 books. I made a purchase. This was before it was released. So again, didn't move the needle huge, not five, 10,000, but 1500 books. That's a good purchase. But another 500, so we had 2000 books and then talked to Bedros person. Bedros was like, wow, holy crap. So Bedros flew in, right? Spoke at the podcast. That was when I had also Nixon, Sony, I had Ryan Stuman, We had uh, John Chaplack, a bunch of other people, right? But again, built all that. So people have all this value that I provided, right? To them. And again, Bedros got coaching clients out of this, all this thing. So do something that isn't expected. And again, I'll read people's books. If someone else has a book, I'll buy their book ahead of time. And then, like I said, I'll connect with them on DM on Instagram, or I'll connect with them if I have their phone number, whatever text, say, hey, this really hit home to me, right? This one part of the book, again, building that common ground, which you talked about connection, going back, if they are this huge sports fan, don't talk about business if you don't have to. Don't necessarily, has nothing to do. If we're both fitness coaches, who cares, right? Talk about something that's outside of that realm that we're connected on, because then you're building common ground. I tell you, you're making more deposits when you're not doing a transactional business piece. Todd, we don't need to go into details, but you and I both connected on some common ground. Yeah. So (laughs) that freedom down in this good old great USA. But that's it. That's what created like the, that's what created, I think there's a huge takeaway there. I was in Evan Pagan's mastermind. He gave me a massive insight. This is like over 12 years ago. And he's one of the biggest marketers of the time, 2010. And I found out that he had a need to get back in shape. (laughs) 
And I went through the back door, talked to some of his people. They said, well, Evan's looking to get back in shape. And I got on the phone with him. He told me his routine and he did five push-ups. He did three chin-ups and he walked the flights stairs in his building like once. And I told him on his call, I'm like, so Evan, what we're going to start doing is we're going to do that a second round. Yep. And he goes, a second round. And <laughs> that insight for him created a connection. I had nothing. I can't give this guy money-making advice. Yeah but I could help them with this fitness. Yeah. And I think that's huge gem. Like you have value despite what your values and how much money you make. And I think that's a huge vision to know, like your value is common ground and where you're both going. That's the alignment. Yeah. I think there's also been a lot of these people, I know they're in your mastermind and stuff, but you have to surround yourself with other people, right? Like someone pointed on here, Hey, ne never do it alone. And, and from that standpoint, it is that mastermind, right? If you know these other people, and you don't know them, but you want to be part of it. Like I go check out a new mastermind, right? Check it. I'm not telling them, Hey, go somewhere competitive, but again, just different circles, right? Whether it's local, whether it's whatever, get into different online groups, right? I'll call it even the one of the best places for me to have networked in, I don't know, for the past 20 years has been my church, right? Different churches, mm -hmm. okay? Stuff like that. Just building on common ground. And then, because obviously faith is a common ground for a lot of people. It's also sometimes a subject of taboo or whatever, but from that standpoint, you connect on that, then there's a basis to grow from there. Gotcha. So let's dive into a bit of where you're going. Address the problem that you're solving. What is your vision? What's the broader vision? Yeah. What's the bigger vision to keep carrying you into the next year, five years, et cetera? So for me, it's all about scale, right? Like I've been able to, I'll call it grow the past three companies to a decent size. I won't call it a loan, but with a smaller team, like 15 to $20 million. And then it takes a different level. Like I had a company for 14 years called Layer Technologies. And that was, we were in cloud computing space. We were the first guys ever to host, you guys probably know WordPress. So back in the day when Barry and Matt started the company, it's when he was still at CNET, we had two servers, grew that to 200 and some employees. We sold that in 2014. But from that standpoint, it's all about scale, right? So again, building in bigger, it's the team that's going to grow the business for me. So from that standpoint, right now, this year, our goal is to, we won't have doubled from last year, but it'll be pretty close. We'll probably end up there at an 80% growth increase. And from that standpoint, and just, again, it's scary hiring different people, right? Hiring big people. So I just brought in, I told you this production coordinator, a guy that's a lot more than I want to pay on salary and different things. But again, I have to do that. And I've put over the last year, I think I have four or five people that are paid way more than me. And it's not a big pay, but it's, I think a lot of the time, People go, oh, wow, wow, how can't you be the biggest blah, blah, blah. Well, say that again. You have four or five people who are getting- I have four or five people that like are paid way more than me. And from that standpoint, it's because you have to surround your yourself with people. I don't want to be the CEO. I, I want to have the vision and stuff. The CEO is a role or a title. For me, I'm not big on titles because for me, it's, I'll call myself the janitor. It's whatever it takes. People say, what do you do? Whatever it takes, okay, to grow it. Huh. I think if you want to put a word in there, probably it's the ultimate word for me. What do I do? I'm the, like the- I don't know, chief risk officer, because it's all about risk. Being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is about risk. And it's how do you define risk? I'll just mm -hmm. tell you a quick story that sends way back, but that has set all my businesses. So when I was 18, 19 years old, I grew up in a small town, right? Okay, north of Toronto, 3,500 people. Honda came into town. And Honda then was like the big car factory, right? Everyone, PhDs, MBAs, all these guys were going to work there. And I was playing hockey up in Sudbury and coming home for the summer. Oh, you have to work in Honda, have to work in Honda. Everyone's working in Honda. If you don't work in Honda, you're going to screw up your, your life, right? So go work in Honda. I don't know, 20 bucks an hour, whatever, I'm 18 years old. And I lasted there two weeks, okay? And the reason I lasted there two weeks, it's like you put on this white jumpsuit, you walk between yellow lines, you do four things for eight hours a day. And when I quit, my dad was like, what are you doing? You screwed up your whole life. Like you're never gonna have it. And what did I do? From there, I left and went to network marketing. No, no paycheck, no nothing, 90 to 120 hours a day, knocking on doors in downtown Toronto. But it's the way my brain's wired, right? Just because it defines me as risk. That's when I first started getting into a lot of personal development, different things, but it's how you define risk. So as an entrepreneur, if you're somewhere today, the only thing that's stopping you from getting to the next level in my mind is taking risk. And it's mm. how you interpret risk, because to me, it's not risk. If I'm betting on myself, it's hmm. not risk, right? I've never missed payroll. I've never missed this. Or sometimes I'm like, holy crap, how am I going to get through this? And between my faith and then how I've acted, okay, and put the pieces in place, it's never a thing. So it's really, people are like, aren't you like so stressed, like your blood pressure, blah, blah. No, because it's taking on risks that I believe I carry. So if I'm betting on myself, it's always going to be the biggest bet made on me. And I'm never going to. Wow, that's incredible. That's great. I think everyone wants you to keep going on risk here for a bit. So there's fear there. If it doesn't work, et cetera. So you're saying, well, how, if there's going to be fears, 
there's going to be less fear betting on myself than betting on something else. But I tell people all the time, so what are you scared of? I think part of it is people do comparison. So they see, hey, this is my business and this is XYZ's business. I'll tell you right now, don't compare because perception is not always reality. Perception is a bunch of garbage, okay? And from that standpoint, all fear is it's, you've heard it before, false expectations appearing real, right? Look at it, okay? Define it. I'll tell you the first time I ever got sued in this in this food industry. I told you, like I, I built my life. I built my business based on integrity, truth, all these values, right? And I get this lawsuit and it's like, what the heck? What do we do? I know I didn't do anything illegal. I know I didn't do anything integrous. But the lawyer came back to me and he's like, dude, chill out, okay? You're in the food industry. You are going to be the target as you grow for more and more. Every single person, the ambulance chaser is going to be suing you. And I just had to like take a step back and, hey, is this going to impact me? Like you've heard it before, the five minute, five, five by five rule, right? Is it going to impact me five minutes, five months, five years, whatever, down the road, right? No. So I just have to take it. And it's like looking at like, how do I interpret that fear at the time? And is it really going to make an impact? And I have to take that deep breath. I have to call it evolve and pivot. You need to learn to pivot because a lot of the time, like fear is something standing in your way. And a lot of people, what they do, they just try to keep running at the wall, right? It's not going to matter how hard you hit it. It's going to break down. Okay. You got to be creative on that risk, on that fear. You got to do, if you listen to Ryan Steumann, one of my best friends, right? Like again, building, what are you going to do? Put a ladder, going to build a bridge, something over top of that, right? To get you to the next piece. And that's the, a lot of time people's blinders come on when they're fear because they're frozen. Okay. From that. But again, that goes back to working on you, Vince. And I said, mm-hmm. if you can't believe in yourself to overcome that fear and to get around, you have to surround yourself with someone else that will. It's like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in personal coaching stuff. I do that. I want to rip their head, like <laughs> my head off and put it on their body. Right. Just because mm-hmm. I, I, example, my brother, we're totally different alignments, right? There's not that responsibility. Accountability is 300 plus pounds. And I'm like, dude, and it's all about, oh, I can't do this. There's this excuse. I said, yeah. guys, I live my life based on one thing. Like you have to live an excuseless life. There's no excuses. I love it. Did I tell you a story when Joel sold me into the hundred million mastermind for a hundred thousand dollars paid in full? Did I tell you that story? Yeah, yeah I've heard it. He sold me too. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I should have just said yes. Cause I wasn't going to overcome any, yeah. anything he said. So but it was just really, he was shocked that I was thinking about spending $100,000 on a coaching program. And he just, he said to me, you don't think you're going to make more than $100,000 in this group? He's like, what does it matter what it costs? Who cares if this was $200,000, $300,000? You don't think you're going to make more being in this group than not being in this group? And from that day forward, it's always how I've made decisions. Like if you don't see a ROI, if you don't see a path forward, you don't do it. It's like, yeah, there's this, there is a path, but there's uncertainty. And what you're talking about here, both of you and I have a faith-based perspective. We know that God puts uncertainty yep. in our life to increase our confidence in 100%. him. Yep. Maybe not everyone has that same belief, but just maybe how do you manage that uncertainty? You're saying you bet on yourself. I guess that comes from doing it more and more, having a perspective. What's the worst thing, case scenario? Just a final word on risk and we'll move on. So I think it's, it's a lot of people say, hey, you're gambling. I don't agree because if you go to the casino, you're always going to lose. The odds are not in your favor. So on risk, if you're making decisions based on, on proper, I'll call it judgment and proper data. And the big thing that I've learned, it has to be data. It's not necessarily like I'm a gut guy, right? So I make a lot of decisions based on my gut. And when I don't go with my gut, I lose. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you, like that's again, but you have to have done enough work on you to understand and go with your gut. And I think that's the, one of the most important key things is have you done the work? on mm-hmm. you to get where you need to go. So example, like when Joel sold me a hundred thousand, I'm like, holy crap, hundred thousand. Right. But I paid to be in the room with those people. Okay. And I thought if there's one connection or one thing, and I built millions of dollars of business and friendships, unlimited, like greatest friendships from that group, right. That I couldn't ever ask for. But again, if I hadn't done the work and I hadn't have the confidence and belief in, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't have, they don't believe in themselves. So go find someone that believes in you more than you believe in yourself until you get there. That's something that you don't hold right now. Right. And it goes back to every single day. What are you starting your day with? What are you putting in between your ears? Right. What are are you stuck in this framework of, Hey, I'm making X amount of dollars. And then you look and are you surrounding yourself with people that are making that same, right? It's for me. I told you, I mentioned John Maxwell, that law of live. That's important to me. And many of my businesses, my old business, I had a partner that was called more gray hair. I'm gray hair now, but he was the guy that was like made more money than me. I had a billion dollar mentor who passed away, but he was like my second dad. And it was, I wasn't the guy making the most money. I wasn't the guy with the most experience. And when I came into to Icon and started Icon, I was that guy. And for a long time, I struggled because I didn't have that anything 
to raise that lid. That's why I had to surround myself, right? Build in people, bring in people. I hired a CEO when I didn't have the money to hire the proper CEO, but it's the best decision I ever made. Again, talking about just the different people that you surround yourself and what you surround yourself and what you put in and feed yourself. It's key. And stay away, guys, from the negativity. Negativity is like the, it's the devil. It's going to draw you down. It's going to try to cheat you. It's going to try to show you things that aren't reality and different things. And that's the biggest thing I see on unsuccessful people and people that question themselves on risk is they're negative. That's one thing mm -hmm. here that we don't accept. Like just negatives got to go. It's just, it's yeah. got to go. If, yeah. It's negative self-talk, right? Because the relationship you have with yourself is the most important. Because if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to be able to love others. So the language you say to yourself is crucial. So if you have negative self-talk, then you're going to act in congruence with that self-talk. But if you want a positive character, then you have to change your self-talk. Yep. Com common sense, but not common practice. It's so also how you carry yourself, your mannerisms, your different things, right? Like a lot of the time I see people like moping and different things. And a lot of people like, oh, the victim, poor me, poor this. Get that crap out. Like just throw it out. If, if you guys, like I'll tell you, Go jump in a freaking cold pool or something if you're you are having that to yourself. Recharge, rewire, come back with that different face. And that's going to be key too to building relationships. If you're mm. walking around the person, oh, it's victim me, victim this, and you want to tell your sob story, don't even think you're going to grow as as far as any substantial network, right? Because yeah. other people don't want to be around that. Quick, let's do some rapid fire questions here, then a couple more bigger ones. So Andrea, how do you differentiate risks that will help you grow from shiny objects? Yeah, I'm great at shiny objects. I'm like a squirrel. <laughs> I freaking the red bounce. Yeah, there's another red ball. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, yeah, like, we're ambitious. Like yeah, I had to hard. learn a long time ago. It's really, it's not the grass is greener on the other side. It's grass is greener where you water it, but it's also what you focus on is. And again, all my energy goes into one thing. Like people always say, you got to have plan B. This bullcrap to me, right? You got to have one plan, and you put all your energy and everything into that, and then risk becomes less because there's not all these things pulling you away from the one thing. And it's again, is risk ever going to be, Hey, low? No, it's going to be different levels of risk. And then you have to accommodate those different levels based on we'll call it comfort, but also as you grow yourself and you grow personally and you develop more, I think I minimized risk in my business by putting in different pieces. As I mentioned like my COO. So that's a piece that eliminates certain risk for me, right? Having a great, if you have a business that has more than a couple of people, like a good controller or a good accounting person, right? You have to know those numbers. You have to have everything coming in on those numbers because you're talking about sometimes little margins, right? Especially in the food industry. So again, putting different pieces, it's like building a puzzle, right? How do the things, different pieces align? And again, you might be shuffling those puzzle pieces around. They may all not be coming together, but it's patience. It's having time. It's growing. And it's, um, again, shiny objects for me, I have to be like a racehorse, right? I have to put blinders on, I call them. And the racehorse, why they have blinders on, so they just run straight. And that's for me, it has to be those blinders to just focus on the object. And that's why you have to have vision and you have to have, I'll call it goals or at least milestones that you want to achieve, because if not, you get off course. That's really good. All right, guys, start dropping some uh, questions in here. We're going to do some rapid fire questions pretty soon here. Todd, one fact for you, for me. So what needs to happen in your world, in your organization, with your team, with yourself in order to keep growing? If this doesn't happen, you're going to plateau or bottleneck. Yeah. I think one of the things is in my business, right? It's a bit like I did this one different. Like I didn't go ahead and get a bunch of outside investment and stuff before. And it's a lot easier to grow with capital. So from that standpoint, it's like really where we are, it's for me, I need to be now over 50 million and then a hundred million. And, and that's my next step. Right. And it's going from the little growth of five to 10 to where we are just over 20 and stuff. Like it's really, I need to hit that 50. So what do you need to do to hit that 50? It goes into adding people that bring process and I'll call it more experience on doing different things into your organization, smarter people than you. So you step back, allow them to, you you still have to carry the vision. That's one important thing, guys. If you started a company, you're the CEO, whoever you are, right? You have to cast that vision. And again, people can enroll in that vision if you've cast that vision. And then you're just putting, I'll call it like blocks. It's like building with Lego, right? Putting, hey, what do I need to reinforce here? What do I need to reinforce there? And again, for us, and that's like building those pieces. So building, hey, that someone's maybe potentially good at fundraising. And now we're going to probably build out sales. We just did a big, huge extension on putting investment into technology into more production to grow, like I said, from that 250,000 to 500,000 meals. So again, it's just having wow. a roadmap and putting the pieces in place to reduce risk a little bit, but then also be able to fast track and grow. That's freaking awesome. If someone came to you, got they got to lift in with you. Hey, Todd, I heard you on vision day. 
I'm still lacking vision. Vince forgot to ask you that question. Can you help me with my vision? Where would you start the conversation? So I think one, you need to, I need to understand what business or what they're doing, like where they're stuck. And then you can have them first repeat that back to me, articulate your vision. What is your vision? And then I'd look at, okay, if I'm someone from the outside, can I buy into that? Can I understand that? And I think one of the best things, and I've done this before, is I've recorded me talking, my vision in different things. And then I'll let someone else hear it back. Or I don't know if you have a good partner, like my wife, my wife gives me the biggest feedback and criteria mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And just taking it in, but it has to be someone else using it as a sounding board because sometimes your vision sounds one way to you and you believe, and I say, hey, perception is not always reality. So to someone else, it might totally sound different. But again, I'd have to understand that. And then I'd try to put the pieces in place to help them at least be able to articulate what their goals and what they're driving towards, and then be able to have some framework put in place to allow them to scale into. That's really good. What does risk look like when you're new? to the coaching world. We have a lot of people just starting their journey as yep. business owners, entrepreneurs, or they're in transition from quitting their jobs, going full-time online. They're bringing in yep. a couple grand, one to $2,000 a month, but they have a goal to get to multi-six figures a year. What does that look like? So I think you first have to understand who you are because I'll just tell you, like example, if you're a trader, you're a day trader, you're a trader, right? It's not one trading style fits all. So it's not like some people just can't go in and out of the market scalping, right? Some of the people can't handle the pressure. They can't handle holding overnight swings. They don't have the patience to hold long-term year down the road. So you got to define who you are or really uh, at least understand who you are because risk is going to impact you differently. What are your goals? Can you afford to take a little bit more, I'll call it risk. Maybe that's more marketing dollars spent, more, et cetera, because you have some cushion from a job that you had, right? Are you someone that is out networking and talking to people and calling all your leads, right? Following up, doing different things. Or are you more, I don't know, sit back and wait because that's a different element of risk, right? I'm going to put more towards, I don't know, someone like if I'm, forward, if I'm going after, if I'm aggressive, it's also just like investing. You've seen way back in the day where they say, Hey, your mutual fund, what kind of risk tolerance do you have? It's going to be into different stocks, fast growing stocks, slow stocks. So again, for someone just starting, they have to define what they're comfortable with or what they mm -hmm. can tolerate and then build towards that. And then again, as you grow, and that would be from your mastermind, from coaching and like having other coaching programs that you're in and stuff to be able to step up that risk and see scale. That's fantastic. Scott just asked a really good question. This is really interesting. And I remember asking, I've heard this so many times on sales calls where people say, I want to be a motivational speaker. They're in fitness right now. They want to leapfrog. And I always saw myself as more like a pastor or somebody helping with yeah. a bigger picture, not helping someone build their biceps, not helping somebody build their bank account, maybe somebody you know different. So how accurate, and I think this is really important to understand that you kind of have to earn these next maybe levels of vision, if that makes sense. How accurate was your day one vision to where you are now? I think my day one vision really has never changed. Like for us, it's about helping people find and follow healthy nutrition and being able to scale that, right? It's again, you can only impact so many people. It's the people that know about it. So how do you touch other people that don't know about you, right? It's about building brand. It's about connecting. Okay. If I don't have any salespeople who are out cold calling, it's got to be their marketing dollars spent. Okay. Crap. I don't have any money to, to market way back to start. Right. So how do you do it? We went the different way. We built affiliates. Okay. So from that affiliate base for us, I looked at that as cheaper. I'm not spending a ton of money on new cold market because cold market takes at least in this industry, a lot more time to convert, et cetera, right? Maybe nine, 10, 11 touch points. But again, if I'm building through my affiliates, my athletes, let's just take Michael Hearn, 4.2 million, whatever followers, right? If I'm building lookalike audiences and I'm going after and working with Mike's audience and stuff, there's loyalty, there's trust. Okay. There's a lot of different pieces already built there that then I can retarget into and I can work with where it is that trusted, loyal partner. Then it's also just, again, my vision's never changed, but it's just, you've got to be able to scale. We built this business out of cash flow. So from sales, then being able to spend differently, right? So it's setting reasonable expectations, but still pushing the needle on taking those risks to grow it. So it's never changed because it's just about impacting more and more people. But it has to be so it's again through those partnerships what's scary doing a deal with the ufc right having the usc as an investor okay doing a deal with usa triathlon these are huge organizations but they have huge reach but what and was scary about them what was what's scary about those just it's a, chunk, it's a monetary commitment but it's also a commitment on a different level again ufc is an 800 pound gorilla right so it's they're the ones and typically you have to play by their rules and we didn't like all their rules so it's again having the the I'll call it the confidence to go in and know your own ground and to be able to work on, hey, we can provide this much value to you. And this is why we need to do this deal with us based on, it's not just, hey, 
a traditional swap of dollars and hopefully we get something to return it. So you have to know your own worth. I don't take that as an ego thing. I think it's so you have to know what you provide and why someone would want to do something with you, right? Because there's a ton, as you said, like of other food prep companies out there, but it's not apples to apples. It's apples to freaking grapefruit. The other thing I do is consistently, we I'll call it shop all our competitors. I buy everything I can monthly, right? Three, $4,000 a month. And it's, again, never going to go post nothing, but it's, I want to see what's going on out there. And the amount of absolute BS and crap in the marketplace, it just mm. blows my mind. And the other thing is over the past year, we've got into doing a lot more co-manufacturing. So there's only a couple of companies out there that really manufacture their own food, right? So you really see a substantial difference on what's out there. A lot of these folks out there, and I'm sure it's the same in your industry. It's probably all these, there's somewhat a lot of gurus, right? It's not yeah. necessarily every single coaching program, or every single plan is the same. It's a lot what you can provide. What's that value? How do you build? How do you live by those core tenants, et cetera, right? Because that should align in your messaging. Wow. Oh, that was really good. I had a thought. I just totally lost. But guys, drop your questions in into the chat here. I would love to see what's on your mind. How's this all landing for you guys? And I think you talked, I think you covered all my questions like in a fraction of the time because you talk so fast, Todd. <laughs> yeah, this was awesome. Todd, where can people find out more about you guys and even get involved? Do you have an offering for affiliates yeah. still? Yeah, what does that all look like? Yeah, you guys can website iconmeals.com on any social media. It's at iconmeals. You guys can DM or send an email to mine's Todd at iconmeals, and I'll happily get you in touch with Greg, who runs the affiliate marketing program. We work with a ton of trainers. There's a bunch of different ways. We work with a lot of different people. You can customize everything. I, re I remember my thought now, and we'll bring yeah. it back to make sure everyone's got your info on that. But what we were talking about was the vision. You said something that stood out to me that your vision never changed. And I think that's. That could be maybe intimidating, but also very reassuring. My, my definition of a brand is a promise that you repeat over and over. And if you look back to when I launched my muscle building business, it was built on two words, no nonsense. And then I evolved it to Vince Delmonte's no nonsense approach to lifting and living large. Like ever since day one, my brand has been living large. Because if you don't live large, you live small. Now I say level up or level off, but like your vision is... It's not like a business, but your vision can just be who you are. Right. And now who you are just functions in whatever realm you are. So if I become a parenting coach, I promise guys, I'll never become a parenting coach till I'm 95, but <laughs> a marriage coach, I promise I won't do that either. But I'm a business coach. I'm a fitness coach. It doesn't matter what I do. My brand is level up or level off. That's yeah. the vision is level up or level off. Yeah. I just happen to be teaching business stuff. And I think when you understand who you are, that's that takes off pressure in terms of what you specifically do so anyways this is your floor i just got a little excited there <laughs> no, hey, I, Todd. I think that's right and i think again your vision never changes but i think the scale and the the size right of the opportunity because when you first start a business you go hey my market size is potentially this right and then you get into it and it's okay now you have to think bigger but it's also you have to build belief in yourself right so it's right. getting in doing a few things it's not testing the waters this is another thing i see i hate a lot of people oh i'm going to test the waters i'm going to try this commit or don't commit you're in or you're mm. in and that's why i think a lot of things like a lot of people are hey i'm going to try meal prep for a while and i'm going to blah 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 if you're not committed you're not going to hold yourself to these like i call it our tenants are mm. relentless and you gotta again a relentless pursuit of like greatness, right? That's what it is. Yeah. There's never a different thing. That's been from day one. I don't see how my vision would change. If my vision is always to pursue relentlessly greatness at any aspect. And then again, just the more and more I'm poured into the masterminds, like Dan's group, you, everyone that's pouring back into to me at any level, it just allows me to think bigger, right? To evolve, to grow, to set, I'll call it different targets. So even if you're setting like, I'll call it, I don't know, two year, three year, whatever financial goals, put 10 years out there, right? And again, I think a lot of people underestimate what they can do and they don't necessarily. So if I'm setting a goal, my goal is like this year, okay, whatever, $100 million. Will I achieve that? No. But if I put 50 million, then I probably only do 30 million, right? So it's again, you got to stretch yourself, stretch your mind. But again, it goes back to to me, at least for me, at least it's like, what are you pouring in to allow yourself to expand? Because if you can't think bigger, then you have to surround yourself with other people that can. And I got that mm -hmm. lesson early in life. Like I had, a, was blessed to have a billionaire partner who's worth $2.6 billion, right? So from that standpoint, I saw a lot of different deals, a lot of different things. This guy had grade nine education, but the life lessons that I learned about being able to I don't know, face adversity, face risk, take on risk, different things was just, it was invaluable. And again, the biggest thing for him was about the network, right? So again, network's going to allow you to think bigger 
because many of those people are much farther down the line of success, wealth, knowledge, experience, and any mm. element that you can get, even the littlest tidbit, allows you to then to expand your vision. That's huge. Yeah, I, dude, I, borrowing someone else's belief if you don't have belief in yourself. Yep. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. I think that I, I, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to start this business or I'm going to do this when the perfect time comes or when this, or when I have this much money, I'm going to then market or I'm going to bring on my CEO when I'm doing this much revenue. Look, guys, I was saying, I say better is perfect, right? Because there's never perfect is this oasis, right? But if you're working on being better each and every day and 1% in every single area of your life, then you're constantly striving towards that, I'll call it that false sense of whatever perfection, right? You're bettering it. And if you just continually do that, don't ever wait. Like procrastination is the worst thing in your business. But I see mm -hmm. so many people getting caught up in that. Oh, I can't take on this many clients. I can't do this. I can't do that. Why? Because of blah, 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 blah. But again, that goes back to the definition of defining your risk, et cetera, right? So just if you have the mentality of better is perfect, am I being better? Have I done this 1% more? Like and moving that needle every single day. What have you done in your business today to move the needle? Don't just get caught with some friggin' list of tasks you have to do today. Have three to five, I'll call it daily defined things that whether it's your business or your personal life, has it moved the needle? Is there an ROI difference in whatever you're doing? And if not, it's waste. Push it away. It's just wasted time. Hmm. Todd, I think they want you to go into an encore around another hour. You ready to go? <laughs> Todd can go all day, guys. So this is excellent. Thank you so much. Just once again, where can people follow you on social yep. media, your company, your personal? Just drop those handles and we'll make sure you guys are tagging us up on your socials right now. Yeah, so it's at Icon Meals, any social media at iconmeals.com. Guys, we have lots of, I'll call it, Food porn, lots of different giveaways, lots of different things. If you guys are trainers, have a business, et cetera, we partner. There's a full affiliate program. There's a white label, call it page offering as well. And then for me personally, it's at Todd Abrams. So any social media handles at Todd Abrams. But again, if you guys, anything I can do for you guys, DM me, feel free. Again, it was Todd at iconmeals.com. Happy to do what I can. And if there's any value you can add, please let me know. Dude, that was freaking fire, brother. Yo, yo, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value. And as a token of my appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to extend my gratitude by sending you a free sample of my all-day energy formula, Preload. It is the world's only all-day energy and focus formula, and you will love it. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave a a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot, and then send it over to me on my Instagram account at Vince Del Monte with your home address, and we will get that shipped out. You are amazing. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.